babies. I don't I don't know song titles. You have to give me the melody. No, I refuse. Uh, our guest is in the waiting room. Oh, early. I like it. Punctual. Good luck in saying her last name. Kotowitz. One more time. Kotowitz. Kotowitz. Mikotowitz. Never would have never would have said that. It's Lithuanian. Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> Humble brag. I do, I do my research. I do my research, producer Ray. So you know she's from Lithuania. I know that the name is Lithuanian. She's from Maine. Yeah, Bogor. Originally what'd you, of what'd New you York call, City. What'd you call it? When I said you uh, uh, Banger. Bangor? Banger Fox. Fox Banger. Fox. The old Fox Banger Times. Yeah. How's my hair? Hmm. Not as good as mine. Hello. I shouldn't want that. Hi. How are you? Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Very good. good. You, can, you can hear us and see us and everything okay? Yeah. Awesome. So, sorry about that. Sorry about yeah. that. Sometimes we blur ourselves so you don't have to deal with it with the visual. Rich didn't put a hat on. He doesn't look up the part. I know. Should I wear a hat? No. <laughs> no, you look good. You look good. You look fine. It's terrible. So bad. How are you doing, Elizabeth? I'm great. Do you go by Elizabeth or yeah. full or full three syllable? Call me Beth or Liz. It's really I don't really take offense to any of it. Maybe by the end of the interview we can call you Liz. Sure. Or Lizzie. I like a I like an E. Mm. No, no. So welcome to the Simple Mind Sports Show, our conversation with, and I think I think I have it. I know Ray doubts me, but I think I have it. Oh, now I'm nervous. Elizabeth Mikotowicz. Yeah, good job. Most people uh, I, <laughs> wow. I present to you, suck it, Raymond. <laughs> wow. Welcome, welcome to the show. Welcome to the conversation. Elizabeth, you are uh, uh, so artist. Uh, we want to hear your story. Survivor of abuse, drugs, prison. You know, you're a walking, in, you know, inspirational story. We want to hear all about that. Um, we are a New England sports show, so I think it is important to point out that you're from Bangor. You're up there, yeah. and are you? You're oh, in Bangor Stephen right King. now. Yeah, I'm in Bangor right now. Awesome. Is that yeah, a Stephen King like mirror behind you? Oh no. <laughs> That's, that's oh, there's a piece of art. No. Yeah, and that's like one of my mom's mirrors. Um, but yeah, uh, you can actually see the water tower from the movie It right from uh, my porch. Wait, the new one, the new It. Yeah. Ooh, good movie. And and the um the Paul Bunyan statue that like comes to life and like tries to kill them all at one point. Mm -hmm. um, that's in Bangor too. Nice. So you got just a they full creep really Yeah, they did a really good job uh, <laughs> with that movie. Like the, the hate crime against the, the gay couple at the fair, that really happened in Bangor too in the 70s. And so I, I thought that was really cool that they, they put that in the movie. Stephen King's a, an amazing author. Like the genre doesn't hit, you know, everybody, a lot of people, but his writing is just phenomenal. 
Like you can't, you can't get much better than it. Uh, okay. So you're uh, Bangor, Stephen King. We got that. You um, grew up around art and music. Your father was a pianist, right? My stepfather was, and my father was uh, chairman of the arts at University of Maine, and he would direct shows and do all kinds of artsy stuff, too. So, I mean, I always had that influence in my life, but I really took to painting in high school and, you know, kind of lost touch with it when my life went turned upside down. But um, when I went to federal prison, they ha I would as part of my hustle to make extra money because, you know, a 10 cent thing of ramen noodles that you pay out here is like a dollar 50 in there. And they, we were getting paid $5 and 25 cents a day. Um, when I got the painting job, it was like $58 a month. And I thought I was like bawling because that was one of the <laughs> highest paid jobs in the prison. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's all relative, right? You, you were bawling. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I would paint, I would paint cups and I'd sand them down and then I'd have some of the maintenance girls grab me some floor wax out of there. And so I'd coat the, the cups with floor wax so they wouldn't like wash off and they could clean their stuff. And, you know, pretty much I just had art as like a side hustle too. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay. So let's, so let's do that. Let's do the full, the full story. So, um, it's, you know, you're in an abusive relationship that really kind of kicks it all off. You, you know, you get yeah. a bad head trauma, brain damage. They give you the drugs, the opioids that leads to your, your uh, incarceration sentence. So why don't you uh, walk us through that kind of uh, painful journey, that kind of spiral to where you got to, and then we'll get to how you've gotten all the way, all the way back here. Right. So 15 years ago, um, I was assaulted with um, a wooden dowel. And it hit me right above my eye and you could see my skull when it happened and they had to sew the muscle back together and then the skin back together. And then I literally couldn't lift this eyebrow for like a year. And they're like, well, you're going to have to get plastic surgery, fixed it. And like, eventually it worked itself out. But, you know, I started experiencing like these little mini seizures and I would go deaf and blind for moments at a time. And then I'd wake up, you know, on the ground, not knowing how long I was out for and my 14 month old daughter is running around. And I'm going, she's really not safe with me. And there's absolutely nothing I can do about it. And I, you know, I tried to turn, um, you know, the first, like when the first initial injury happened, like, okay, I took the opiates fine. But when it was, they put me in the pain clinic, I was like, I don't want to take this stuff every day. Like I'm, this is very addictive. Like but the whole community is addicted to this stuff now. Right, right. And they're like, well, because you're pregnant, um, if you refuse, that's that could result in um, a call to child protective services, you know, putting your baby in danger. And I'm going, are you, are you serious right now? Like I couldn't. So, so, sorry to interrupt that. you. The, they, the refusal for narcotics was putting your, was child. putting your child in danger. Yeah, because my blood pressure was spiking so much. But the thing about opiates is that they make the pain receptors in your brain more sensitive. So when the drug wears off, you're in double the amount of pain. Yeah. And the pharmaceutical companies knew this and they pushed it on us and they pushed it on us. And now we have this epidemic across America where everyone's addicted. Right. And it doesn't matter if it's, you know, opioids uh, benzodiazepine, uh, the amphetamines, which is just crystal meth in a pill. And, you know, they are the psych meds that they have everybody so over medicated. I mean, we're doing 40% of the world's opioids. 
Jesus. And the all the pain management people and the pharmaceutical people, they're like, people are saying it's 80% and it's really not. It's only 40%. We make up 5% of the world population. The fact that we're doing 40% of the opioids is disgusting, period. It doesn't matter yeah. that it's not 80%. That is a very high number. <laughs> yeah, that's incredibly high. I mean, that's yeah. insane. Uh, yeah, there's not a whole argument there. Um, yeah. Okay, so that obviously, so you get, so now... Um, well, would you consider yourself, you know, addicted now? Is this a point where, um, you know, I was slowly getting addicted and I wasn't like physically withdrawing, but the days I didn't have it, I was in excruciating pain and I wanted it and I was miserable without it. So yeah. I wasn't like ready to admit to myself that I was like really becoming addicted. And then, you know, once I had the baby, there was really no reason for me to, you know, hold back or not take the extra pills or not, you know, whatever. And I was dealing with this PTSD trauma and there, there were more and more situations where I was being abused. And finally I went to Spruce Run, the battered women's shelter, and they turned me away with two beds open. And they said that my, after talking with the police, my situation was too dangerous and it put the other women in the shelter in danger. So, I mean, I kind of so can I interrupt you real quick? Yeah. So instead of they're worrying about other women, they're not even caring about you because like when I read about that, how they turned you away, like the biggest thing is that they say that women need to speak out like for domestic violence or domestic abuse, and they're right. turning you away. Like they don't. It just showed that they didn't care about you. They're just worried about everyone else. Yeah. Well, they care about PR and um, media, you know, their donors. And this is a problem with victim based shelters. Like there, there's another shelter in Bangor that helps supposedly helps with human sex trafficking victims. My girl tried to get into it and we were in, we were, this is when we were still in jail together and they turned her away because she wouldn't snitch her pimp out. This guy knew where her mother was, her kids were, she was petrified. So because they didn't get a collar out of it and a conviction, they turned her away. You are letting victims slip through the cracks because you know it's not benefiting you. A shelter is not supposed to benefit you. You're supposed to help people in need. Yeah, so is that is that shelter, is that program run by, um, by a police department or some type of law? Authority? No, it just they. I don't know. I think that's their excuse of how they filter out gotcha, you know, yeah. girls that are working and doing it willingly or whatever. But you know, girls that really have been sex trafficked mm -hmm. are not going to testify against their pimp. Right. It, most of them are going to be too terrified, and with good reason. I mean, that is that is a criminal element that you really don't want to get caught up in. Yeah, yeah. I have. Um on that on that in this vein of you know domestic abuse and and men taking advantage of it what what are your thoughts on this do you think a lot of it derive or maybe a portion of it derives from how how would i put it like a like a lack of uh like manhood lack of manhood that they're dealing with that they have to uh, overcome yeah um a lot it's a lot of them it's about control and when they feel like they're an element out of their life is out of control, they're going to come control the woman and they're going to take out their frustration on the woman, even though it's not her fault. She has no control over it, but that's what makes him feel like a man again. And, you know, yeah. in his masculinity and what happens is it creates masculine females. Like after that relationship, I mean, 
truthfully, I had bigger balls than most of the dudes around here. I mean, that's <laughs> really what it came down to. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I can believe it. I think if, you know, if we're on, if you're on this mission and, uh, you know, to, to raise awareness, I think we could come up with some taglines that could really uh, bring some levity to it, but also maybe, maybe a key point. Uh, let, let me throw a couple at you. No, I'm not a marketing major, but I think it might, some of these might stick. Okay. Uh, they could put them, even put them on a t-shirt, raise our t-shirt guy. Micro penis, major rager. A little like literacy it. there. Got another one for you. Uh, this is a question. PP size, question mark, stay alive. Got to measure the PP, stay alive. And uh, micro dong, I'm long gone. That's a, that's my that's the one. That's the one. That's the micro one. dong, I'm long gone. So girls, you know, if you, you know, you, when there's still an option to get out of there, if, you know, if it's, if it's yeah. not working with a whole lot, just be aware. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And then you have this generation that are like worshiping Andrew Tate and they're like the high quality <laughs> alpha male. And I'm like, okay, the real alpha males in my experience, they don't have to bang on their chest and claim to be an alpha male. They just are. Yeah. Andrew okay. Tate's and penis these, is an any clowns are, will never be anything above some betas bitch. Like that's, legit what it is yeah yeah no i and of course obviously you know uh I'm making kind of light of the situation but and it's not one too but andrew tate's a, he is laughable like the the ludicrous like the people that take him seriously is even more laughable but the stuff that he says when he first started coming i'm like oh he's like a comedian like this is the shtick and then like, no, 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 serious. <laughs> he's, he's into this. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It was, All right, it was about like at the beginning of like the election when the Republicans were still trying to like hash out their candidate and Donald Trump was making them all cry on the debates. Like it was about the equivalent of that. Like this is a yeah. joke. This has got to be a joke. And here yeah. we are years and, later. And here we are in this range. Still okay. Dealing with it. So, uh, but we haven't got there with your story yet. So let's back it up just a little bit. So we're coming somewhere close to, um, you know, where you have to go to prison, which, you know, I, yeah. I read your um, interview in the, sorry, just let my, the, um, the arts, world art, news. world art news. Thank you. And the descriptions that you gave for prison were just horrifying and horrific and scared straight yeah. that TV show should learn something because you, they didn't do it justice compared to what no. you described. So uh, anyway, wherever you want to pick up, you know, in, in kind of your story there. So um, I basically, I, I had drug dealers help me out and protect me because that shelter wouldn't. And I got sucked into a world I never wanted or ever planned on. I mean, before that I was in college, like I was trying to, you know, do something with my life. And eventually I caught charges and went to jail in the state for the drugs. And then two years after that was all done with, the feds picked it up for the same, I got charged with the same drugs twice. So that whole double jeopardy thing- Isn't that a, isn't that a movie? Not, yeah, I was yeah, gonna no, say. It doesn't apply to drug dealers. Um, you can literally go to jail in the state and then the feds can pick it up for the exact same substance. You could have cleaned your life up, which is you know what a lot happened with you know some of my co-defendants they they had been completely done with everything yeah. and so we're all all facing these charges and you know yeah i saw horrible things in in jail um i watched them beat this somalian woman till she urinated on herself she couldn't speak english and then they look at me and we're all in sol and we're in solitary unit and they're going you're really quiet and i'm like 
yeah, I heard what happens when you're not like <laughs> are you serious. I mean, did you have us, did you have like a strategy or, um, were you around, you know, did, did you get any advice from the people that you're with at that point in time in your life? Like when you first were in, or was it just shell shock, learn, learn as quickly as possible and, and go from well, there? Being in the street and being as tough and crazy as I was from that relationship, I kind of moved my way up the chain and got myself around some really dangerous people. And um, they knew, they told me exactly what to expect with like my lawyer and what they were gonna do. And they told me, exercise your right to remain silent. Like literally state to the cops, I'm exercising my right to remain silent. Mm. They don't have to tell you the truth and they will play whatever mind manipulation game. You know, that, that's why you, you wanna take them up on that right. And it, you know, your lawyer, just tell him everything and say nothing to anybody like do not talk about your case with people in there because everyone there's snitches in there trying to you know get yeah. a piece of information to run with yep. and it's you know i i had i had cops lying about me you know telling the feds that i was threatening a witness and i go i didn't threaten anybody you never wrote me up for it like they they do things to try and set you up to get more time it's like i'm already in trouble <laughs> yeah, um, yeah stop stop doubling down on me please yeah uh, and, but i know you mentioned so your time you know you, you had time in county and then you and then you moved to federal and there was a there was a big change there a big difference yeah um the i was at the federal camp and that was like almost the equivalent to like being let out like there were no fences like just to open the door i had to like talk myself up because i'm like okay this is not an escape charge i'm allowed to open this door i'm allowed to walk through like you go through this whole like institutionalized like mental rewiring yeah. i mean like when i got out when i went to walmart i would get physically ill because the overstimulation was just like too much for me and you get to in in solitary your brain will slow down from the lack of stimulation so everything becomes overwhelming mm -hmm. and um and then in jail usually the only stimulation you have is violence and chaos so yeah. you know or someone having a medical emergency and them not doing anything about it like it's terrifying being and watching somebody go through a heart attack or a seizure and the medical unit is just throwing them in the hole because they don't want to spend the money to bring them to the hospital. And I watched so many people die of cancer that shouldn't have, they had like nonviolent three-year sentences. Jeez. And the BOP just got their first charge of contempt. And I'm so happy about it for letting this man die of cancer. And yeah. Hor it's just horrible treatment. I mean, in every jail I've been to, almost, almost every jail, we get boxes of food that, and right on the side of it, it says not for human consumption. <laughs> so, I mean, then they wonder why people are having health problems. <laughs> <laughs> not for human consumption. That's yeah, basically Ray's of... diet, but he's still kicking around. Right. Uh, Two-part question for you. Is Prison Break a top 10 uh, TV show for you? Jesus Christ. Right? Absolutely not. <laughs> Have you ever watched Prison Break? I've watched um, some of it, but so I mean, you, you get the gist. Of, Michael Schofield, he painted or tattooed his whole body like a prison, uh, yeah. prison escape. Did you ever think of that when you're doing your with your art supplies? Like maybe I can formulate a plan to get out of here since it was such hell. That's a well, fair question. That is. Well, they didn't have fences. If you wanted to walk <laughs> off, you could do that. 
<laughs> no I mean, map that, needed. That was the irritating part. You get these rookie cops that are like, are you guys going to go nuts? And we're like, dude, we're at it. This is camp level. Like we can, we are here at our own accord. I got a Frisbee the in my hand, bro. actually did escape and she walked off and they about lost their minds over it because it makes them look bad. That's all it does. And she, what she, do? she just walked out. She just walked out. Yeah. Yeah. She left. I'm out. And, did uh, they get her back? She, yeah, they found her eventually, but we were all rooting for her to uh, escape. And sure. she had gone to the mental health building that day asking for help. She's going, my meds aren't working. I'm freaking out. Like, I'm going into psychosis. Like, please help me. They told her they would give her a shot for being out of bounds for showing up because you're only supposed to show up to certain places when you're on the call out and when you're scheduled. But she's like trying to advocate for her mental health and they just said you're gonna get a disciplinary action if you don't leave and then she lost her mind and so walked she right off and andy dufrained it and that's what i was thinking she <laughs> shot shake that she shot shake her way out of there that that's uh <laughs> it's unbelievable it's almost worse uh like mental psychology of yeah you can walk away if you want it's right there but you know you're not getting far yeah, you're coming back yeah. and it's five years extra you. on your uh, sentence. Yeah, um, yeah, that's, that's that's not what you're looking for. No. no. So okay, and at then the top, they put you behind the wall at a much higher, you know, uh, security building, and you know, the the higher the security, the more violent the cops are. And you know, even at a camp, at that camp I was at, the captain and four of his subordinates after I got out all got convicted of raping and stalking inmates and tampering with Priya evidence. Like they had over 20 victims. And finally, after like, and that's probably not even half of them. And it's just, it's just disgusting. And when I was there, I filed a Priya against Somerset County in Maine for forcing me to strip in front of cameras under duress of being maced and extracted. I also had a Lieutenant telling me to um, unalive myself and that uh, she couldn't wait for me to get out because um, uh, so I could, so I'd overdose and I'd stop wasting taxpayers' money. Like this is what they're saying to to inmates in jail. And then it was just in the paper that she said that to another inmate, and they had to cut them down from a suicide attempt. Jeez. So I'm like, no, you guys knew about this, and you know they they refused to give me that Priya um, paperwork. And then Alderson, when they got that report back from. Uh, Somerset for my complaint, they wouldn't even let me hold it to read it myself. They literally said, well, we don't do that. You can't send a copy home and we're not going to give it to you. I'm like, it's my complaint. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? And then when you get out, the, if you want to press charges, the first thing they say, oh, well, did you follow protocol? Did you file a PREA? Did you file this paperwork? Well, yes, I did. They just didn't give it to me. So yeah, there's no paper like, trail. No. Yeah. Exactly. That's how they are covering up all the abuse in these jails. These institutions have so much power and it's just disgusting. Like I love Paris Hilton for coming out and speaking out against institutions. Like I know it's a boarding school with her, but it's still, it's the same thing. It's an institution hiring abusive people that should not have this power over others. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, like most things, it's systematically corrupt from the top, generally uh, because of money and someone's getting paid to do something. And then and then you're bringing in the type of people um, that can fall in line with that, with with the behavior. So yeah. it's a forever living cycle. 
um, which is which is terrible. And I don't know how you fix it. You, I think you got to start locally and one person at a time, which yeah. is what you're doing. Beautiful segue by me. So you uh, <laughs> you get the art going in in jail. So you you start off by stealing supplies, but yeah. eventually you know they get you you get some and and you um, make your fifty eight bucks a month, killing yeah. it. And um, so then, so where do you go from there? So, you know, you get released. Um, now, you know, you're, you're an artist, but you call yourself a full-time artist or where's your, you Pretty know, much, describe us um, your, your kind of art career now. So I had a couple art shows. My first one was during Addiction Awareness Month at one of the local shops downtown. Um, and then I joined the Bangor Art Society for a little bit and I did some shows with them. And then during the pandemic, I found this great company called Le Galeriste um, from Canada. They're like French Canadian and they make environmentally friendly clothing, like these beautiful clothes um and with your art basically yeah. so i have a portal i have a website um i just got a grant i'm like super nice. psyched i got a ten thousand dollar grant i'm like i've never gotten this much money before legally <laughs> legally <laughs> yeah that's also epm um clothing right on and this is a name this i knew i wasn't gonna be able to pronounce anything french la galeriste is that what you said the galeriste, yeah. galeriste that was more spanish you, yeah french. i was gonna say that was way spanishy it's because i can roll my tongue so i showed off la galeriste uh lagarice.com epm clothing i was checking out today so your art you could wear your art um yeah. which is which is pretty cool but so let's take two, uh, one step back so um kind of describe to us your art your inspiration so now you were you know exposed to art music as a as a young child as a kid you know you go through this you know horrific spiral in your life you get yourself out of it now art has come back to you how much has taken from that experience how much is it of you know just your kind of a natural um, influences you know most if not all of the greatest artists in whatever genre you want to think of have been some type of tortured soul do you yeah. use a lot of that in in your art i know I, you know flowers I is do. a big thing for you but I do a lot of, yeah, I do a lot of political pieces too. And I do a lot of portraits of, you know, people that have overdosed or, you know, lost somebody, you know, just to memorialize them. And I love, I love doing pet uh, portraits too. Um, but yeah, I do a lot of kind of like, then I'll like go on the other end and like, I'll do some like gothic, like weird, like <laughs> kind of, you know, metal chick you know, genre type. I, I don't know. I'm kind of a wild card. Like one day I'll be doing like these girly flowers and fairies and mermaids. And the next it's like skulls and, you know, <laughs> demons and every, everything else. I'm, I'm a bit, you know, unpredictable, I guess. Slipknot. Slipknot style. I see the shirt. Yeah. And you, you sing a little bit too, I read. Now yeah, you're, uh... I do. Um, I used to sing in solitary and like, I never had the courage to like in front of people and then like I was just I didn't even realize people could hear me and then like I stopped and they yelled at me to like keep going That's and great. then the That's guard awesome. was like you know you have people like up against their door listening to you at night and I was like oh okay and then I was in the prison gospel choir and that was a lot of fun and do you take requests or did you take requests while you were there <laughs> I mean yeah sometimes if I like knew the song enough <laughs> Do you know a song called My Neck, My Back? 
I do. <laughs> oh, perfect. Ray made me play. So I, I also uh, sing and play a little guitar. We could start a band, but that would be our first cover. Ray made me play that. <laughs> Ray made me play that song. <laughs> but we could do it Slipknot style. We could have fun. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I left prison with matching crocheted Slipknot luggage. It was pretty sweet. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. Have you ever thought about writing to Lifetime about your whole story? And like, this is like a made for TV movie, right? That your life, like it checks off all the boxes. Like, do you need an agent? Do you have an agent? I don't have an agent. I don't even know how to go about doing that, but, um, you can do it, I, can like, do it. I, like I hit you guys up on, you know, LinkedIn. So I've yeah. kind of been like resorting to, doing that for PR and I've had a little bit of luck with it. So no, but seriously, yeah, like your whole, that's like a whole lifetime movie. Like your whole could story. Be a motion picture, right? Don't cut it short. Well, yeah, I'm saying, you know funny? I was talking sorry. about it with my therapist, like how badly I used to like disassociate like from reality. And I literally be like, this isn't real. This is a movie. Like this is not happening. right now. Yeah, no. And, and the way that you describe it, you know, um, you know, the type of sensories that I got from just from that one interview. Yeah. I, I mean, I know Ray was kind of half joking, but he's got a point, you know, it, it's definitely a sensational. And, you know, in terms of raising awareness, you know, certainly there've been why not, yeah, uh, less things made and less important things for sure. So give it a thought. And if you want a little help poking out there, Ray, raise an, raise a, a excellent man on the internet. He's able to creep in every crevice. That. I would appreciate that. I can find out. I can find something for you. Um, yeah. <laughs> Don't cut us short. We are simple minded, but we're tenacious. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere in the credits, just put us. That's all yeah. I want. <laughs> uh, look, Elizabeth, we, we don't want to take up more of your time. This was this was good, informative, fun, um, deep, you know, uh, topic deep. for sure. But we appreciate you putting in the efforts and, and uh, you know, um, you know, getting the awareness out there. Where, um, so let us know where can we find your stuff or where can we, you know, be a part of the cause? Where should we go? Well, um, my clothing brand is on legalities.com, uh, slash Elizabeth dot I know that's like really long. Um, but you can, I mean, I've personally been, you know, writing to my representatives and, you know, making noise, you know, that way and finding, uh, prison reform groups. I mean, they want to gaslight us with land of the free and we make up 20% of the global incarceration population. We have more people in prison than entire continents and it's always follow the money. A hospital saves $350,000 a year um, contracting their dirty laundry to have to have it washed by inmates instead of paying workers. Yeah. Like they would rather put us all in prison and, you know, make us work for pennies a day. And, you know, I watched a girl, she was, she was shoveling the snow being paid like $11 a month. She broke, she slipped and broke her leg. By the time they brought her to the hospital, they had to re-break her leg because the bone was fusing back together. Like they don't, don't even take care of the people in there. And it's just, it's to the point, it's abusive, it's barbaric. Other countries don't do this. No. And then you're creating dangerous people while they're in there and you're calling it rehabilitation. You know, people right. are so traumatized when they get out of prison. Like you can't, it's not even fathomable to think they can act right. And some of them actually do, which is a miracle. Yeah. And, you know, and sounds like you're one of them. So kudos yeah. to you on that. And certainly not a reformative um 
uh, process by any means by. Oh, I by went back on story. probation. The first time I got out, I fell apart and went right back. I couldn't even leave my house. And when I did, I'd relapse. So, I mean, it took a lot of work and, you know, just <laughs> a Tenacious. lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> this is why, this is why this is clicking. Mm-hmm. Tenacity. Yeah. <laughs> Raymond. Uh, last question. Do you have zappy fever? I don't, I don't know. If that is. Oh, <laughs> say the only sports question we asked. We only had one sports question. That was the one. You watch, <laughs> you watch NFL? No, no NFL. No, I. Who's ball? Doesn't really hold my attention. Um, but it was, it was, it was fun watching the girls play sports in prison. It was like unit versus unit, and then it would usually turn into a argument or a fight. And did you guys gamble on it? Did you gamble while you were there? I mean, I didn't, but, but did the, no, the girls, no, the girls, <laughs> no, did the girls like, was that like one of the things like you could see people betting on who would win? Yeah, it's, 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 yes, that's more prevalent with the men, but yeah, there are some women there that will take bets and put their commissary in and hell yeah, but man, you could have been like high rolling 58 a month. Just, yeah, you could have been like doubling that just big blinding <laughs> the shit out of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now you lost my whole train of thought. Oh yeah, so okay, sports wasn't a thing. Not what do they do in my, in Maine? Uh, like ice, ice fishing, hockey. Oh yeah, well yeah, lobster diving, ice fish, scuba, um, <laughs> scuba, lobster fishermen. Um, yeah, some lobster diving, go down there, scoop the traps. Yeah. Well, that's a zappy fever. Uh, just look into it. See if see if you want the antibodies. It's it's it's, it's catching it's, on. It's catching on in New England. <laughs> Elizabeth, thanks so much. We uh, we appreciate it, and good luck to you. We'll um, send you thank some you links and stuff me. when we when we promote it. Put your put your um your website out there and everything. So, thank you. Okay, have a good night. You too. Bye. Bye. She was polite. I I removed her from the from the chat. Oh, you did that. Yeah. I thought she had her finger on the clicker. Nope. nope. That was very, that was very she quick. gave me time. Yeah. I paused for a half second to see if she would give me time. And no manners. Manners from uh, Elizabeth Mikatowicz. Very good. You still got it. Lithuania. It's because you fucking end the email. You like broke it down. Hey, where to read the email, dumb shit? Fresh cut. I did. Thank you. My wife didn't even notice. She didn't even fucking say a word. Hasn't looked at you since 2003. Look at that fucking cut. Fuck. God damn. Makes your ears look really elfish. Oh, I know. When he was cutting it today, I was like, you fuck, you ugly bastard. Yeah, they really really project out at the top. They do. I don't know if it's going to pull on. I don't know if it's going to get fatter. Hmm. The ears and the nose are the two uh, appendages that keep growing as you get older. Well, that's not helping the way that you have this the old headphones set up. Well, right? no, I'm just trying to set fucking my... Dumbo. There. That's why. <laughs> Thank you. Cover those bitches up. Thank you. Cheers.
Cheers, cheers, cheers. How are you? Huh. You know what I noticed today? And oh. I'm kind of I'm kind of envious of you. When I had a young today? child. Well, yeah, because it like really came up today. When you have an infant or a newborn in your house, when you have uh, baby wipes, is that not a game changer for you? We've had this conversation. I don't dip into my child's baby wipes for my own asshole. Really? No, like then, because it would have to be a, a special trip to go get them or steal an entire pack and just put it in the bathroom at that the point. The way you shit, you don't ever be like, hey, I'm going to steal a baby wipes, put them in my special bathroom drawer. So when the time comes, they're there. No, but because also I have multiple bathrooms, humble brag. So it, I would have to have multiple. Uh, I shit in the same drawers. bathroom at my house. I have multiple bathrooms, and I shit in the same bathroom. I've seen. Dude, I've shown as a I've plumber. Sh- how dare you not? How dare you not flex out the pipes? Uh, because do you you see the scenery I get when I shit in that one bathroom? It is nice. It's very very refreshing and very soothing. It is nice. Um, yeah, I have a favorite, but it's that's the guest, so I can't always use that one. Is that the one guests. right when you come inside? No. Oh, where's the where's the that's guest the hot box powder room? There you can't. I enjoy that one. Your mom was doing dishes, and I'm trying to like silently take a poo. I'm like, oh no, she's gonna hear this. The one thing is nice about that is for some reason they put a uh, a vent in there because yeah. it's it's a four by three room, but when the AC's cranking, open that vent. Really? Now you, got, now you got an ice box. So summertime, that's the now that's the bathroom. Out ice cube, dude. <laughs> that's the bathroom to go to in the summertime. Yeah, in the summertime, you always stay as low as possible. So we're we're fixing on getting a getting another bathroom here. Just I know, I know, another I bathroom, there. another humble there. break. I was there to help you decide on where to put everything. I want to I want to be one of those houses that has more bathrooms than bedrooms at one point. Awesome. That would be really fitting for me. Didn't Little Wayne say that? I got ten bathrooms. What was that line? You know, I'm not familiar with Mr. Wayne's work. <laughs> Very good man. Except for the Carter. He's from four. he's from Nolens. Yeah. This Carter yeah. though got money and you know it. Take it out your pocket, then show it, then throw it. This away, that away. Is that the one you're familiar with? Not sure. Not sure. You said the Carter Four. I believe that's the Carter Four. Okay. Maybe I think Dreams is on there with uh, Jay Z. Maybe. I don't Mr. know song Mr. Carter. Names. I think Mr. Carter's on there with Jay Z. I don't. I don't know song titles. You have to give me the melody. No, I refuse. Uh, our guest is in the waiting room. Ooh, early, I like it. Functional. Good luck in saying her last name. Uh, One more time. 